Welcome to Mastery in the Making, a fresh new podcast by Le Cordon Bleu Australia. Join us as we deep dive into the minds of industry experts, entrepreneurs, and the voices of Le Cordon Bleu, the world's leading education provider in culinary arts and hospitality management. From expert lecturers to our incredible students and alumni, we'll uncover the secrets, stories, and skills that make this industry a world of endless possibilities. So, if you're a seasoned chef, aspiring hotelier, or simply want to keep your finger on the pulse, consider this your ultimate guide to culinary and business innovation. I'm your host, Stephanie Valudos, and welcome to Mastery in the Making. We are back for another episode of Mastery in the Making, and today we'll be speaking to an incredibly inspiring woman who decided to ditch her corporate nine-to-five job for something a little more meaty. Proving it's never too late for a career change, she enrolled in Le Cordon Bleu's Diplôme de Cuisine and now finds herself working for one of Australia's leading publications as a food editor. Welcome to the show, Sandy Go. Hi, Steph. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today. Take us back to that very moment you decided there needed to be a change in your career. Okay, so asking me to cast my mind right back. Um, I was fast approaching working for the New South Wales Food Authority, repaying my debt to society for eight years. Um, and I had the prospectus bill of Cordon Bleu secretly tucked away in my top drawer for a number of months. And I was sort of umming and ahhing, as you do, and decided, had a bit of a come to Jesus moment and decided that, look, if I'm not going to back myself now, who knows when the next opportunity will present itself. So I bit the bullet um, and decided to uproot my life, everything I'd known in my first grown up girl job um, and decided to, to enroll in Diplôme de Cuisine. Amazing. So it's the Cert 3 in commercial cookery. Had food mm-hmm. always been a, a big part of your life? Absolutely. I think it's been Chinese, Malaysian, my mother's Singaporean. I, I think food is our love language. The first language I was fluent in. Um, it's the way, you know, we, we celebrate, the way we commiserate, um, the way we show love to each other. So food has definitely always run very, very thick through my blood. Yeah, I totally feel that. And you enrolled in the Diplôme de Cuisine. Was it everything you expected it to be? Oh, gosh, it was everything and more. I sort of felt like because I, I feel like I'm a late in life convert to the culinary arts, I went into this with my eyes wide open, um, you know, beyond all the glitz and glamour of everything you sort of see on TV. You know, I, I, I enrolled knowing that this was the path for me. I needed to really back myself and give myself the best foundation to, to pursue a career as a chef. And what were some of the things that you learned along the way? Oh gosh, from a from a technical point of view, everything I needed to to learn, um, I learned from the greatest instructors um, there at the Ride Campus. Everything I needed to hit the ground running to be a chef in the industry. Um, but for me, really, the biggest takeaway was what I learned about myself. Um, really learning to dig deep, to find that grittiness, to find that drive, to pursue a, a career in the culinary arts. I think that was the biggest, the biggest takeaway and the most, you know, the, the, the greatest revelation to me, for, for me and my self-confidence. Yeah, I'm hearing that a lot from students and alumni. It's so much more than just plating up a dish or creating something from scratch. It really is about that dedication to the craft, that discipline as well that you need so much in the kitchen. So, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And where did you do your work placement? 
Oh, so I landed in the good graces of Mary Vale in the pastry section of uh, Mr. Wong's, actually. I probably still have a lot of RSI from all the deep fried ice creams we had to make from scratch um, in my nine month industry placement. But definitely looking back, you know, what a great place to cut my teeth. Um, the people that I, that I had the honor of learning from, being in the trenches with other incredible chefs that are equally driven, equally dedicated to the craft, I couldn't have asked for a better start. Right. And did you find that going from the classroom to an actual workplace, were there sort of like transfer of skills and knowledge there between the two? Oh, absolutely. I feel like, you know, for me, transitioning from a very cushy government job into the classroom, you know, doing uh, all the different stages, learning everything we need to learn, and then, you know, finally diving headfirst into the industry. Wow, what a what a rude awakening. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of realised that, you know, it takes so much more than just technical skill to be able to thrive um, and, and, and do what it is that chefs do day in, day out for, you know, 16, 18 hours a day. You really got to love, you really got to love it because I think there's just so much of it that demands so much of yourself um, and so much of everything that you don't know that you have in you. So, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it, it was the greatest start I could give myself in building those foundations. And Obviously, a lot of people assume that you're going to go to Le Cordon Bleu, you're going to do a diplôme de cuisine, you're going to be a chef. Is that what you kind of had in your mind? Because you're obviously not a chef now. Um, is that sort of the path that you thought you were going to take after graduation? Yeah, look, honestly, I feel like I, I dove into this with a very open mind Look, obviously, the, the natural progression is to go to Le Cordon Bleu, um, do your industry placement, and then, you know, go, in, go, go out into the big wide world as a chef. I have had a very serendipitous sort of evolution, uh, one that I'm very, very grateful for. You know, after industry placement and after I graduated and, you know, so proudly had my certificate, I, you know, to be honest, I feel like I was a little bit lost in the sense that such a, a, a really fortunate problem to have because I had so many options. I could, you know, think about opening my own place or, or going on to work in different establishments. You know, I sort of fell into a place where I had the uh, decision paralysis because I had so many options. I found myself actually, you know, I worked um, at Flying Fish for a time as a pastry chef, moonlighting as a pastry chef, and I'd done that for, for almost two years. And then I found myself, you know, I booked myself a one-way ticket to Europe and I basically spent seven months travelling solo um, following my appetite around Europe from Italy to France, um, all the way up to Spain, sort of just discovering everything it was that I wanted from my culinary, from my current culinary life. Yeah. And how did you find yourself working for the Australians Women's Weekly? And you did some work with Donna Hay too, I, I understand. I did. Yes. So I fell in the lap of Donna Hay. Um, this was just before uh, lockdown, after I'd come back from Europe through the wonderful network, the wonderful thing about food media is there are so few degrees of separation and you have so many incredible creatives that are willing to advocate for you. So yeah, I found myself uh, recipe testing my first cookbook with Donna Hay and then through the contacts there, ended up in the hallow halls of our media, uh, which is now, which is our home to the Australian Women's Weekly. I was photo chefing on uh, a lot of their cookbooks at the time. And an opportunity came up to be a food editor for their um, Cooking with the Weekly magazine. And I threw my hat in the ring 
and the rest is history. Amazing. It sounds like a dream job. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I, I, it's not lost on me how fortunate it is I am to wake up every day and to say that this is what I get to do for my job. Um, it's so varied. I'm surrounded by so many incredible minds, you know, from recipe developers to designers to art directors. It's just it's such an enriching environment to be in. Um, and like I said, I pinch myself uh, from time to time just to remind, you know, remind myself that I'm very lucky to be where I am. Yeah. And what does a typical day look like for you? Two days are never the same, uh, you know, whether it's we've got TV, whether I'm developing, you know, my favourite place to perch is in the test kitchen where, you know, all the amazing work happens. It's just such a varied, really engaging role and it's it allows me to dig into you know, my skills that I've gained from Le Cordon Bleu, my innate love for food. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sat around people who we could just talk all day about all things food. And it's just a really, um, it's really engaging and really enriching vocation to be in. Amazing. And that actually was going to be my next question. Are there any mm-hmm. particular things that you learned from Le Cordon Bleu that you might still be using today in your current role? I'll tell you now, I have not had to tornate a single vegetable since I left, and I'm very <laughs> grateful for that. Look, apart from that, the, the, the technical skills that I, I, I dip into for my recipe development, my recipe testing, uh, looking at the recipes, again, it really just comes back down to the skills that I learned in my time during study. Uh, you know, the, the, the intestinal fortitude you learn through, uh, through industry placement, um, it's all those things that, you know, that, that drive me and motivate me to wake up every morning and, and come and do what I get to do every day. So no regrets then? Yeah, I think about this question a lot. And <laughs> I feel like a lot of life has to do with the people that you've got the good fortune of coming across and the experiences that you had, uh, that you've had. And for me, I, if it wasn't for all of that, I wouldn't be where I am. So no, I have no regrets. Well, that's so nice to hear. And where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Are you hoping to kind of just really take the helm at the Women's Weekly or do you have other big aspirations or dreams? 10 years from now, I hope I don't have to be 10 years heavier from all the good eating I get to do. But honestly, 10 years from now, I'd like to be richer in the experiences uh, that I get to to experience through my line of work. 10 years richer in the people I get to to pick the brains of Um, and most importantly you know to look back and be able to say if there was one thing I was destined in this life to be remotely competent at I'm really glad that it was this one. Oh that's lovely I think the take-home message here is that it's never too late to change careers and do something that you are truly passionate about I mean you're pretty much at work more than you are at home so I think it's really important that you love what you do Um, and I commend you for for taking the risk and taking a chance on your future. You should be very proud. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my experience with the audience. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mastery in the Making. If you found this discussion interesting and inspiring, don't forget to share, subscribe, or tell a friend. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.